My name is Robert Schreiner, and I've just written a novel called The Wolves and the Greyhounds, and you're listening to The Jay Franzi Show. Welcome to The Jay Franzi Show, a behind-the-curtain look at the entertainment industry with insights you can't pay for and stories you've never heard. Now, here's your host, Jay Franzi. Well, hello and welcome to the show. I am Jay Franzi, and this is your backstage pass to the entertainment industry. This week, we get to talk with a pop recording artist. We get to talk with Anna Storm. We'll talk to her about how she went from bullied teen to Emmy-winning recording artist, what her production process is like, and we'll take a closer look at her latest single, Clown Tears. Now, Anna is a very unique artist, and she's just an all-around great person. And I just can't wait to talk with her tonight. So if you would like to join in, comment, or fire off any questions, please head over to jfranzi.com. Now let's get started. Miss Anna, my friend, how are you? I am just doing great. How are you doing? I am fabulous. I am so glad to have you here on the first day of the year. This is the best way I could ever expect to kick the year off. So thank you very much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate that. Well, let's just jump in. I know you are from Connecticut. I am also from New England, from the Boston area, often known as being a, a tough group of people. So I know you had a, a hard time starting off. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So growing up in a really small town in Connecticut called Weston, Connecticut, there's like not very many people. It's very homogenous. Everyone's super preppy like pops their collar. I just like, I wasn't that way. I was always kind of into fashion and like to express myself differently and like to just be creative. And because of that, I was bullied a lot, like all throughout elementary school, through high school, really. And I just like didn't have a lot of friends. And I think it was because I was different for the town. And and because of that, I kind of turned to music and that way to express myself because I felt like I had no one else. That's tough. I mean, I have three daughters. I've got one in middle school right now. I mean, it is much rougher than I remember it being. Luckily, she's made her way through middle school. She's just finishing and starts high school next year. But it's been a, a tough path. I mean, these kids are rough on each other. What kind of advice do you have for a kid going through that these days? The advice I would have for anyone going through bullying these days, and now it's even worse because of social media, is I would tell them to just love themselves, like, regardless of anything. Like, everyone has an opinion. And even though it's hard to, like, be made fun of all day. They don't know you. At the end of the day, you know you and you define yourself. Don't let anyone else, don't let them define you. And just be free to be who you are. Don't feel like you need to conform. I know it's hard because like you do want to be accepted by your peers, especially when you're like super young, but it's not everything. I think it comes across in your music. Your songs are like anthems. Do you feel like that's because of the way you were brought up? 
Yes, thank you for commenting on that. I I do feel like because of being bullied, like there was an I hate Anna club in middle school. No, no I, I'm serious. Like in high school, there was a girl who chased me home with like a metal bat. Like it was crazy. And because of that, I kind of actually use that to become stronger. Whereas I guess there's two paths. You could have let that like break you down, but I actually right. just let that kind of give me strength and overcome the obstacles through music. And in the music that I make, I talk a lot about loving yourself and being confident and just owning who you are. And that's what I hope to spread to anyone who chooses to listen to my music. Well, it's pretty cool. And I think it's pretty clear. I mean, you have a a really large following and they, they seem to appreciate that. So how did you even make that transition from going from Connecticut and being bullied to getting into the music industry? Yeah. So I moved out West completely alone and I just, I wanted to get out of being around everyone that I grew up with. And I wanted to be me. And so I always kind of wanted to go out West. And I just decided that I would move out West alone. What was that like? I mean, a lot of my friends that I did have, actually, a lot of my friends were not in Connecticut. More of my friends were in New Jersey. They were just like, really? You're going to move all the way across the country alone? Like, you have no family, like, no friends. Like, you're really going to do that? But in a way, because I've always kind of been more fierce and independent, they knew that it might be a good thing for me and I would be able to handle it. And I think that I'm really glad I did because in order to kind of really grow, we have to put ourselves outside our comfort zone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you make that move. What's going through your head when you're making the move? I mean, you're traveling across the country. What are you thinking? You know, I'm thinking, oh, the weather's going to be so great. No more, <laughs> no more nor'easters. Nothing but positive thoughts. I'm like, yeah, there's going to be in and out. That's great. It sounds like you had positive thoughts. Were you nervous at all? I wasn't really that nervous. But interestingly enough, when I first moved to the West Coast, I actually had just like a normal nine to five, like sales job. And I actually ended up getting fired, not because I wasn't like intelligent or capable, but they're like, you just hate this. Like, you don't belong here. Find something you like to do. And I always wanted to try to be in the music industry. I just didn't know how to go about it. But then I got linked with a producer through my fitness friends. And we um, started kind of working on some of my records, including the record Confident which was my first record, and then Versace Shade as well. So I was really happy about the timing. I was really happy that I got fired. <laughs> this works out great, thanks. I know, it's like a sign from God. Well, I mean, getting fired in California, that's tough. I mean, it's not like California is a cheap place to live. So, I mean, how do you get by during those times? Ah, you bartend. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. That works. So you go into a studio with a producer. What's that process like? 
Yeah, so my first records I co-wrote with my producer because he's also a writer and he just had the instrumentals and my first song confident i kind of wanted like a little bit of an amy winehouse vibe so he just started building the record out like production wise and then we just started writing it together in the studio and then i just laid down the vocals and yeah you wrote the lyrics then and came up with melodies yeah okay and I have to ask, just if we're going to talk about the song, Douchebagette. Can you, can you, okay. can you just share a little bit? I will. Jeff, that's so funny that you actually did look at that. So Douchebagette was a term. Like, I spent a lot of time in New Jersey, Jersey Shore. I, a lot of my friends were... You know, super like meathead guidos. They call themselves the gorilla unit. We used to go to like AC, like Atlantic City, like every weekend they would spray champagne. And I, you know, would live in the tanning booth, which I don't do anymore. But like, you know, I, I had a guidette phase and douchebag got like, you know, that's that's the Jersey life. All right. So you're <laughs> you're writing the lyrics to to this song, which is a, a cool tune. I like it, by the way. So you meet up with Josh. He he shows you this track that he's created. Now, is he creating the entire thing himself and then just presenting it to you? Yeah. So because I told him I wanted something kind of Amy Winehouse vibes, he put that together and then he did present it to me and I liked it. I liked the vibe, very upbeat. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool tune. Thank you. Now, does he own the studio or a studio or did you go into no. a, a larger studio? Uh, the studio we recorded that at was Studio City Sound yep. in Studio City in California. So he was just working there as like an in-house producer. And so I recorded it there. Oh, that's awesome. What was that like? Honestly, it was so cool because I had never been in like a legit studio before and you know, to be in there, it was just like very energizing. And I'm like, damn, like, this is what I want to do. And I'm doing it right now. So it was really a cool feeling. So you go in there and when you you track it, how long of a process was it? I mean, did you just sing it in one or two takes? Or did you actually take some time and, and experiment a little bit? You know, since it was my first song that I ever like, really recorded, I feel like we took a little bit more time on it and, you know, we did like layer vocals and we did some ad libs and then there was, you know, the rap part. So we did take a little bit of time with it just because it was like a new process for me. So it's got to be pretty cool. Were you nervous during that time? No, I wasn't nervous. I was just really excited. I'm like, this is just so cool. Like, yeah, I I wasn't nervous. I I was just very happy. That's got to be pretty cool. So you go through that, you get the song done, and then how quickly after the song is finished do you put the video together? Um, We put the video together probably a couple months after, I want to say. And that was over in Malibu Beach? That was over in Malibu, yeah. I mean, you put in a video together, did you have any bystanders just staring at you? Yeah, see, I, I like kind of people staring. It doesn't bother me. Well, that's because you're a star. Drive me crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the difference. That's why I sit behind the controls and you're in front of the camera. I get that. Yeah. So yeah. you did that. I mean, how long of a day was that putting that video together? 
you know, it really wasn't that long. It was only, um, it was probably three hours tops because it wasn't so many different scenes. So it really didn't take that long. And there was only one outfit. Yeah. Okay. And um, did you have anybody else helping with like hair or makeup at that time? Yeah, I did get, um, well, on that video, I had a pink wig on. So I didn't need anyone to help with hair, but I did have a makeup artist that did my makeup. I can only imagine that you've probably had hair and makeup type stuff done in the past. Yeah. But were there any challenges you faced being on the beach? Um, yeah, because, and we actually ended up just kind of making this part of the video like a funny kind of quirky part. But, you know, my top, my bandeau top, it was kind of falling down. And, you know, you'll see me like pulling on it. But we ended up just like, thinking that was like kind of comedy for the video. So we kept that in, but you know, it's hard to like run on the beach, <laughs> you know, with a little bra top on. <laughs> but whatever, we made it work. Yeah, of course. No, I'm sure it, it helped quite a bit, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, I mean, what about wind and light or things like that? Um, The lighting wasn't really such an issue. We just had to make sure that it wasn't like, when it started getting dark, like it had to be like the perfect time of day. And as far as winds, yeah, it was, it was a little windy, but, um, you know, I am the storm so I can handle the wind. That's awesome. I love that. You then do a remix of that same song. How did that even come about? Yeah. So the confident remix has a rapper named JK, the Reaper, very talented rapper. Right. Um, How'd you meet him? Uh, through Josh, actually. Okay. Um, and I asked him if he wanted to be on a remix because I love hip hop. Like, I listen to more hip hop than I do pop. That's just what I grew up with. So I really kind of wanted, like, a, a rapper on, on the remix to Confident. And I'm really happy with the way it came out. I think he did great in the verses. He had some really fire bars. Um, which again, you then do an unplugged version of it, which I really like that. I mean, that, oh, thank you. that one was awesome. How did that come about? Yeah. So I was talking to Josh and he was like, you know, your vocals on this sound so good, like stripped down, like without all the production, like you should really think about maybe doing an acoustic version of this because it would really like connect with a lot of people. Do you like doing it? I actually love it. I, I actually like singing acapella. Like, I like singing more stripped down. I love production. I love it. But I also just, like, love singing stuff more stripped down. It gets people a chance to, like, really hear your voice. Well, I think it's definitely a different type of an approach, and it's a little bit more intimate when you're you're doing a guitar vocal like that. Yeah. And it's live versus a pre-programmed piece of music. Exactly. So do you enjoy performing with live musicians? I do like performing with live musicians. I feel like I more often, and this is just because of the nature of my music, I usually perform with backing track and I don't usually perform with live musicians, but I like it. Right. That's why I'm asking you. I mean, yeah. most of your stuff is pre-programmed in backing tracks and stuff. So yeah. when you get the opportunity to go in and, and do something like that, do you take advantage of it? Do you try to like put an acoustic set together or perform like a small venue? 
You know, I haven't ever done like an acoustic set on any of the performances I've done. Like I've done the videos, obviously I had confident Versace shade acoustic, right. but whenever I perform, I use the produce stuff. Yeah. I mean, you just mentioned the Versace song there, which also has an acoustic version to it, but that one's yeah. a little bit more unique. Can you tell me how performing with Wes was? Yeah, Wes Scantlin from Puddle of Mud is actually one of my um, really good friends, really good friends. So I kind of asked him one day, I'm like, would you be interested in in playing the guitar acoustic on my song Versace Shade? Because he like right. loves the the produced one. He'll always like sing and dance to it. So I was like, would you be interested in playing acoustic? And I actually was like, okay, let's make this like, like a grunge, like MTV unplugged vibe because there's no way I'm getting you to dress glam. So let's, right. But let's I thought it was it. I thought it was really cool. I mean, again, that's more of my my style of music, and he's definitely plays in Puddle of Mud. He's a band that I'm very familiar with, and so you're saying he's he was a friend of yours before you even he is a, he is a really good friend of mine. Like he still is. Yeah. So you have that little bit of in to come and ask him to come play with you. And he jumped on it. Yeah, he was just, he was excited to do it. And, you know, he doesn't usually collaborate with people that much. Definitely no females, definitely no pop artists. So it was kind of interesting. It was also posted on the Puddle of Mud YouTube. Oh, really? And a lot of his fans, his demographic, he is like twice my age. So his demographic is usually a lot older. Like me. I mean, I wasn't saying like you. I just, no, I understand. You're calling me old. I got it. I'm not calling. I'm saying they're older than me. Yes. Like they're older than people that would probably listen to me. Right. You know? So they really, on the Puddle of Mud page, they didn't love it. I got a lot of hate about that video. <laughs> to be honest. Well, it's a completely different style of music than what, what they play. Yeah, they're not used. They're not used to the... Um, they don't have the open mind. Stuff. Yeah. Did you guys record it live or did you record it in the studio? Oh, no. We played it live. Yeah, we did it live. And your latest single, Clown Tears, has a really amazing bass line. Thank you. And a pretty unique story. How did that story even come about? I wrote it like a year and a half ago. I was really mad at my boyfriend at the time. And it was like kind of a toxic relationship and I'm kind of glad that he got me mad because I got to write that song right. and you know songs don't come from nowhere so I I got mad and I wrote that song and I kind of held on to it and then I decided it's fall and I wanted to release something new and it was like darker pop like more alt pop dark pop maybe a little bit like Billie Eilish right. vibes sort of well that's what the bass line is like Yes, for sure, yeah. And then I was like, I'll record this and I will do a video and I will put this out because it's a little different, but it's still kind of, you know, it's still like danceable. So you write that song and then you get together again, same producer? Different producer. Okay, so who produced this one? So I bought this beat from Pacific Beats. And where did you record it? I recorded it at New Sound Studio in um, Marietta, California, 
which is like my favorite studio now. Just I love the engineer. Okay, who engineered it? Mike Casson. Okay, I think I saw a picture of that studio recently. Probably because I was just there finishing up my album. Yeah, no, I mean it looked like a pretty cool little studio to work in. What was it about the studio you liked besides the engineer? I just like, like I like the vibes. I like there's a little Star Wars thing and this. I don't know. It's just like really fun. It's really comfortable. It's not like super pretentious. It's just like really easy to get work done. And Mike and I just like work so well together, like so quickly. Like most of the songs I've recorded there, I've laid down in an hour. Okay. So you're tracking these songs in, you said, in under an hour. That's pretty impressive. So how many songs are you going in there and tracking at a time? You know, I usually track one song at a time. I could track more, but I feel like when I when I'm in the song, I really try to embody the song and the persona of the song. And not every song, even though it might be, you know, kind of like an empowerment thing, they're not all the same. So I really try to like embody that character. And so for me, I prefer doing it separately. All right. How long till he has a finished product in your hand? He can mix and master something in a little under a week. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. So um, I did just sign my first music publishing deal. You have reasons for going to a publishing company now. You've had some song placements. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So my song Confident and Versace Shade are both on Lizzo's show watch out for the big girls on amazon prime and how did that come about (laughs) that came about i have a really good friend who's a famous battle rapper in new york new jersey named lady luck and she has a licensing company licensing and i just submitted some of my songs to her catalog and they got picked up by that show and then that show ended up being a huge hit and won three emmys and critics choice award and was number one show on amazon prime you do that i mean that's a a resume builder for sure for sure and then confident also got placed on um the real housewives of dubai so i was really i mean how does that come about same same people yeah so that that really did help me get my publishing yeah, of course. You, know, yeah. you get traction like that, and publishing company is going to jump on it because they can make know, money, from make money it. off you now. Yeah. I know the first television show that I had a song placed in was Saturday Night Live, and Ooh. that was a big deal, especially for me being a young writer and you know trying to make a living off this stuff. It was a big deal to have a, a song placement. Yeah. So, when you receive your first check from a television show, what's that feel like to you? Pretty awesome. It is, isn't it? Especially because then it's just passive. Right. Let's um talk about the music video again because the music video is a little bit more unique than your other music videos. So can you tell us about that and whose idea was it for the makeup? That was actually my idea. Okay. Basically, the whole thing was my idea. Right. So I kind of had an aesthetic that I had in mind. I was like, oh, clown tears. Maybe I should have like glitter tears and I googled glitter tears makeup and 
I hired a makeup artist and, you know, I told her, I want these glitter tears. Can you do it? And she slayed it. And then I, I wanted to wear like the black kind of bustier with a little, the little Y2K vibe skirt. I really like those little like gothic holographic boots. I was kind of going for like a darker, like e-girl aesthetic. So I just wanted to go for that. I felt like it fit the darker vibe of the song. And then I picked out the, the set. It was actually filmed in LA at a studio that had like several different sets. And I really liked the blue lighting. I thought it was really cool. So who did the video for you? So one shooter did the video for me. He shot and edited the uh, music video. How did you meet him? I actually met him through Mike Casson, the engineer. Engineer, yeah. I asked him, I was like, do you have any recommendations for video people? And he just sent him my way. So. so what was it like the first time you heard your song on the television show? So when I first heard my song on Lizzo's show, it was because my friend posted it on her story on Instagram and she tagged me and I was like, wait, Lizzo? Like, <laughs> I also didn't know that Lizzo had a, had a show at the time because it was new. And then I just go on to Amazon Prime and then I see that Confident was used and the whole show is about like empowerment and right. body positivity. It's about her like finding her dancers for her tour and everything's just very body positive so it it lent itself very well to the show the song confident and i was just like wow this is really me and it's like something that i stand for so i I was really appreciative of that well that ties it back to the upbringing in connecticut right so i mean you go from being a bullied teen into not only writing anthems about being confident in overcoming the the challenges of that time as a teen but now your your songs are being put into television shows that have the that same message so that's got to feel pretty cool to you now do you ever still feel like a bullied teen that is an interesting question um i still you know i still feel like people try to bully me except now when they do, I actually, I, I get a lot of like love on TikTok, but sometimes I'll get some haters and of sometimes course. I clap back on the, at them, like in a funny way. And then it's just kind of like, I actually enjoy clapping back. Like I won't even be rude. It's just like a clever clap back. Right. It's kind of like yeah. in your, your videos are kind of, it's got a little bit of humor to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be funny. So I think like, whereas back then I would have, I would have like, you know, I didn't let it get to me too much, but it still was like more hurtful. Now it's just like, I laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are there ever moments where it's still getting to you? I mean, I don't really think it like gets to me really anymore. I think it's weird. And this has happened quite a few times when like someone that I grew up with that was like super popular or whatever, and this is the weirdest thing. I've had like one person saying, I was a fan of yours. Right since from we the were beginning. Kids. Since we were kids. I'm like, but there was nothing to be a fan of when I was a kid. Like, what are you even Like, I just get a lot of weird stuff. Like, like the people that were mean to me, now they're like, 
in my DMs. Like, it's weird. Right. Or whatever. So um, when the show wins an award, mm-hmm. what's that like for you? Now do you, you feel like, holy cow, I finally finally did something big? Yeah, like I remember. So my producer, Josh Stevens, that, you know, produced and co-wrote Versace Shade and Confident with me, the two songs that were on Lizzo's show, you know, he's won Grammys before for works that he's done. Um, but he's never like been on like an Emmy award winning project. So he was like, so shocked. He's like, this is so like hard to achieve. Like, and I was like, really, I was very impressed. Cause I, you know, you don't really think something is going to do that well that you're a part of like, yeah, I knew like Lizzo was biggest pop star at the time and whatnot, but you don't really think it's going to go like that that astronomical so it was pretty awesome and then i was also really happy because forbes like did a article about me and that was like really awesome so you know i was i was pretty proud of myself you have every reason to be too i mean that's pretty cool so now looking back at all this what's been your favorite part Hmm. my favorite part so far definitely like being part of the Lizzo show is like a great, very fulfilling part to me. But I would say my favorite part is like, is working on my first album. I've been so excited. Like, I feel like the songwriting gods have really been blessing me. It's like an awesome album, has some really exciting hip hop features on it. And I am so excited. Like I've been <laughs> loving working on this. <laughs> when do you expect that to be out? Probably spring, summer. Spring, summer? Yeah. Is anybody helping you, like, with artwork and photography and that type of stuff? I already had uh, – the artwork's already done. Okay. Shout out to graphic designer Nicole Marinelli. She also did my cover art for Clown Tears. She's amazing. That's awesome. So um, once that's out, are we planning some sort of tour or anything to support it? Um. Yes, there's not that much I can go into right now, but I will be able to go into it soon enough. Soon enough. All right, I'll take that. That just means you're going to have to come back and share more stories. I know. Let's kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, To this point, you've had to have learned some, some lessons that you can share with us. What's been the biggest lesson you've learned so far? The biggest lesson that I have learned through being in the music industry is to not listen to other people's doubts, to only listen to yourself. Because at the beginning, everyone's going to doubt you, everyone. And they're going to think you're stupid. They're going to think you're cringe, blah, blah, blah. I say because being cringe is just a natural part of posting on social media and being an entertainer. You have to be. And You can't listen to other people. You have to just believe in yourself and be consistent and just be diligent. And, you know, there's going to be days that are like hard and, you know, like you feel alone, but you just have to be really strong and just like keep in mind why you started and just keep going. No, that's pretty cool. Speaking of which, we do this thing here we call Unsung Heroes where we take a moment to shine the light on somebody who works behind the scenes or somebody who may have supported you in your career. Do you have anybody that you'd like to shine a little light on that may have supported you up to this point? 
Yes. So first and foremost, I want to give a huge shout out to my dad. Rest in peace. He died two years ago and he was like my biggest supporter and just like number one fan. Like he would just make silly videos of me for social media. That's awesome. He just was such a fan and just taught me just to believe in myself and keep going. He was like so supportive. So I really want to give a huge shout out to him and then after my dad i definitely like to acknowledge mike casson my audio engineer who's really helped me with most of my new album awesome. recording it and um josh stevens for helping me with my first few songs for sure and like to give a shout out to lady luck the battle rapper from new york city new jersey area that helped get my songs placed on Lizzo's show and Real Housewives. And I would like to give a shout out to, I guess my publishing company, shout out to Kill Phonic yeah. Rights. <laughs> the one that's bringing in the money for you right now. They're probably, probably think of them a little yeah, bit. Shout out to Kill Phonic Rights. <laughs> Michael Grubbs and Caleb. That's awesome. Shout out to y'all. Let's give a big thanks to Anna for taking the time to share her stories with us. And thank you for taking the time to hang with me here. I really do appreciate it. Please follow, share, and connect on all the socials. You can do that and find the links to everything mentioned over at jfranzi.com slash episode 45. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Jay Franzi Show. Make sure you visit us at jfranzi.com. Follow, connect, and say hello. This episode has been brought to you by VR Knives, your source for 100% custom knives made by a true rock star. So if you're in the market for a new piece of art, reach out to VR Knives. 407 421 5528. 407-421-5528.